The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Bowl & Branch. Getting a great night's sleep is easier and more affordable than you think. Go to bowlandbranch.com today for $50 off your first set of sheets. Promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning from San Francisco. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 10th. In today's news, the president's personal attorney is under investigation for possible bank fraud. Donald Trump says a decision about military action against Syria is imminent. And America's debt is headed for the highest level since World War II. But first, the big idea. Mark Zuckerberg is in the hot seat today. For many years, Mark Zuckerberg left matters in Washington to his deputies, who have extensive experience in politics. The Facebook chief executive instead focused on his company's future, overseeing the development of cutting-edge technologies such as virtual reality and live video streaming. Now, the insularity that shielded Zuckerberg from having to directly defend Facebook in front of lawmakers and regulators has cracked. Today, for the first time, the 33-year-old billionaire is scheduled to testify before the Senate as part of a crusade to protect not only the company he founded as a college dropout, but also his broader legacy. Whether Facebook and other tech giants, including Google and Twitter, faces more regulation hangs in part on what he says during two long hearings. Now, instead of planning for the future, Zuckerberg is scrambling to buy time to fix Facebook's past mistakes. Zuckerberg traveled to Washington over the weekend and is holed up with advisors to prepare for the hearings. He's been training as a candidate would for a debate, engaging in role-playing, getting coached on how not to appear defensive, and anticipating questions about data privacy, disinformation, his ability to prevent foreign influence in elections, and whether the company's business model fundamentally causes public harm. More than a dozen colleagues and friends tell my colleague Elizabeth Dwoskin that the CEO is driven by a desire for the social network to be seen not only as a ubiquitous communication tool, as necessary as the internet itself, but as a product people love. Zuckerberg's optimism has butted up against widespread public disappointment and growing pressure for more regulation, both from lawmakers in the United States and Europe. Facebook recently admitted that the Trump campaign-connected data firm Cambridge Analytica misappropriated the personal information of up to 87 million people. Facebook also disclosed last week that its search tool enabled malicious actors to scrape the profiles of nearly all 2.2 billion Facebook users. Consumer outrage has given rise to the hashtag delete Facebook campaign, and the company's stock price, invincible for most of Facebook's six years as a public company, has tumbled 14% in the past three weeks. A new study by the American Press Institute and the Associated Press finds that just 12% of people trust Facebook as a news source. The rising sense of distrust is deeply upsetting to Zuckerberg, a man so concerned about his public image that he once kept a full-time personal pollster on staff to gauge granular shifts in the public's perception of him. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, FBI agents raided the office, home, and hotel room of longtime Trump attorney and consigliere Michael Cohen in Manhattan on Monday. 
Sources say Cohen is being investigated for possible bank fraud, wire fraud, and campaign finance violations. Agents seized his computer, phone, and a variety of records about his clients and personal finances. They also seized records related to the 2016 hush money payment he made to porn star Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet in the weeks before the election about her alleged affair with Trump. These raids required high-level authorization from several key people within the Justice Department. Since Cohen is a practicing attorney whose communications with clients are considered privileged, federal prosecutors would have been required to first consider less intrusive investigative tactics. Trump, for his part, railed against the special counsel, Bob Mueller, and his investigation for almost 10 minutes during a photo op with his war counsel last night. So when I saw this and when I heard it, I heard it like you did. I said, that is really now in a whole new level of unfairness. Number two, Trump also said yesterday at that same event that he will make a, quote, major decision in the next 24 to 48 hours on his response to the suspected chemical attack on civilians in Syria, declaring that nothing is off the table. The president's options include the sort of largely symbolic airstrike he ordered a year ago in response to a similar chemical attack or a wider and riskier assault. Trump is also suggesting that there will be consequences for Iran and Russia, the two countries who have been propping up Bashar al-Assad's regime and enabling his barbarous attacks on civilians. If it's Russia, if it's Syria, if it's Iran, if it's all of them together, we'll figure it out and we'll know the answers quite soon. During an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council yesterday, U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley joined her French and British counterparts in challenging the council to resume an independent investigation about Syria's use of chemical weapons. Haley also called out the Russians for being complicit in the attack. Unsurprisingly, the Russian foreign minister claims his people visited the affected area and found no evidence of chemical weapons being used in the attack. Number three, the federal deficit is expected to balloon to $1 trillion by the year 2020, according to a new report from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. The country's debt is projected to steadily rise throughout the decade, fueled in part by the tax cuts that passed on a party-line vote in December. CBO Director Keith Hall, who was appointed by Republican congressional leaders, warned that the bigger the debt, the bigger the chances are of a global crisis. To underscore how large the debt is getting, the CBO notes that by 2028, the debt held by the public will be at the highest level as a percentage of the U.S. economy since World War II. Many Americans under 50 are likely to face pain from this, and the population under 35 will be especially hard-pressed. They're going to end up having to pay more to the government while getting back far less than their parents and grandparents did. Spending on everything from Social Security to roads, research, and schools will potentially decline. And it could get much worse. Interest rates are low right now, but when rates go up, and it's when, not if, the debt burden will become much heavier and could propel the U.S. to a very serious fiscal crisis. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, April 10th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.